Glory to God. Amen. I'm encouraged already. We haven't even heard the message yet. Amen. Are you ready for the message? Anybody want to guess what the message is? No. I, I believe the message is breakthrough prayer. Amen. How many of you need a breakthrough? How many times, how, how many of you have been praying for something for so long, you're tired of praying for it? You're wondering, where is the end of this, Lord? When's this going to come to pass? Seems like I can't get to the next level. Well, we're going to find out some steps today, so how you can break through. Isn't that good news? Praise God. Well, sometimes we think when we're praying so long, and let me pray myself before we get started. Father, I thank you that you just give me the words to speak, to minister to your people, that they may encourage to have a breakthrough in their life, and we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, sometimes we pray so long, we think, man, does God hear us? Does he love us? Is he, is he up there? What's happening? I don't see any action. I don't see any movement. And we say, what's holding it up? What's keeping the action from happening? But we have to, and, and waiting is agonizing, isn't it? When you wait, you, know, you pray, you're excited, God's got a promise for us. You're so excited. You pray one day, two day, three day, and then what happened? Nothing's happening. And it's called faith for the middle of what happens until you actually finally see it. If we knew how long it was going to take, we could set our calendars and our clock and say, okay, you got to wait five weeks and then you'll get the answer. You got to wait, you know, two months and you'll get the answer. Jesus told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you get the promise of the Father. It was seven weeks. My Lord, it's a long time. I mean, they're like, okay, he said he was going to send the Holy Spirit. When or when is he going to come? You ever have that feeling in your heart? I know you're believing sometimes for your, 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 your relatives. You're believing for financial breakthrough. You're believing for things to happen in your body. And you're saying, Lord, where are you? Well, we're going to find out how we can, we can move forward. Because what is a breakthrough anyway? A breakthrough uh, defined is a sudden burst that pushes you beyond your limits, beyond what is containing you, and beyond what is not letting you advance. It's breaking through. Say, breaking through. Breaking you ready to break through? Break. Like, that, like that wall that's holding you back. I'm going to break through. Because sometimes we get stuck in a certain situation for days, weeks, months. But we need to know how do we get to the other side how do we break? Let me say it a different way. It's a sudden burst into something that you weren't expecting before. It's an action that happens when it didn't look like anything was happening. Now, interestingly enough, God has called him the God of breakthrough. Isn't that interesting? He's with you. He wants you to break through. In fact, let's look at the scripture here. In 2 Samuel, talking about King David, King David was fighting his enemies. Do you know that David, King David, never lost a battle? Well, he lost one battle, and that was with his own body. <laughs> he couldn't resist Bathsheba. But as far as fighting, he never lost. And David came to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has burst through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of waters. He said, I went to the enemy's camp. And I didn't see any victory, but God caused me to break through. Amen? I'm, I'm trying to be a little animated here. You know, maybe you'll get the vision, you know, because when you go home, I want you to go, I'm breaking through. Amen? 
Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal Perizim, which means the Lord of breaking through. He said, call on me, I'll break through for you. But what we have to do, and I'm going to show you the steps on how to get to the point where you're able to break through. Now, what are you, what's holding you back? You might have an emotional hang-up that's keeping you down. You might have a financial uh, difficulty that's burdening, burdening you. You might have a physical problem that's stressing you out. Something that's holding you back from true, pre, true peace and rest. Everybody needs a breakthrough because, you know, we get to a certain point and then there's another obstacle. One, one brother said to me, he says, it seems like there's always something that I got to fight. You get to a resting place and then all of a sudden something else happens, right? We have to break through. We don't want to get stuck. So breakthrough is comprised of two words, of course, break and through. That means you go through it. You pass by it. You go to the other side. We want to see the end of this. So we can't be shy. We have to be confident that we can break through. You can't be hesitant. You can't be like, well, I I, I don't know. And I want to give you an example of this. When we were at our house, our former house, they filmed a movie in our house. And uh, what they wanted to do is they wanted to throw this guy through a plate glass window in our living room onto our garden. And they asked me, is that all right? I said, yeah, you want me to go through or are you going to send, th- send somebody else through? <laughs> so I said, what about the window? He said, well, we get a special glass and then we'll replace yours. So they call this guy, this uh, stuntman. I always wanted to be a stuntman until I saw this, this guy. They call him at 2 o'clock, and if you ever watched a movie, sometimes they call you at a certain time, and they don't use you for hours. So anyway, they, they, they call him at 2 o'clock. He, he arrives. He doesn't jump through the window until 8 o'clock, and he's pacing up and down. He knows I'm a pastor. He said, would you pray for me? I prayed for him three times <laughs> because what they do is there's two different types of glass that they use. One is kind of is called a candy glass where it breaks up into little pieces, and it kind of it can get into your skin or into your eyes, and it's kind of dangerous because you don't know what's going to happen. And then there's another called plate glass, which kind of breaks off into little uh, points, and it can puncture your heart or your lung or whatever. So they ask him, what do you want? What would you choose if you had a choice? Candy, candy glass, of course. That's what he chose. Let's see. Let's see a picture of this. Do we have a picture of this? Here, you can see this is a movie. He's going through it. What kind of glass are they using here? It's candy glass, right? And so, yeah, he jumped right through it. This is not the same guy. But I like what they do is they throw him through the window, and then they put the real actor on the floor. They cut it, and they put the real actor on the floor. He acts like, oh, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> but when they throw him, he can't, like, all of a sudden... Don't no no don't 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 no don't 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 throw me don't throw me don't no you have to go through baby you got to be confident and know that God is going to get you through you can't be hesitant you have to believe that what you're confessing what you're believing God is going to come through for you amen well he made it through praise the Lord Uh, nothing really happened to him Uh, no no side effects and he was so thankful but I it cured my desire of wanting to be a stuntman. Because these guys get tore up. Now, I want to share something with you. Things don't just happen automatically. Miracles don't just, all of a sudden, you just walk into a miracle. 
You don't just walk into a breakthrough. You have to apply yourself. You have to position yourself. I told him, I'm believing for a miracle. I told my wife, I'm giving up the things of the world. She goes, what are you talking about? I said, you know, I don't need to watch so much TV. I don't need to, to, to be concerned about politics so much. I need to be focused in on the Lord. Amen. That's my world right now. And so I, I gave that up because miracles just don't just automatically happen. Now, how many of you ever watch the, the um, Winter Olympics? Aren't they exciting? I mean, every four years you see these guys. You think like they just got there. But it's been years and years of practice. And what's an event that you like the most? What, what event do you say, I could do that event? Is there an event that you could do? No? Downhill skiing. Looks easy enough. Except you're going, what, 80, 90 miles an hour? The one that I think that looks so easy to me is the ski jump. What's so hard about that? You go down this ramp, you go up, and all you do is you just lean forward. What's the problem? Now, in my naiveness, I'm thinking maybe somebody was skiing at Mammoth, they were just took a wrong turn all of a sudden, and all of a sudden they go down this ramp, and they slide up, and they go, hey, I can do this. Just lean forward. But I researched it. It takes a year just to even be able to learn how to do that jump. And so because if you don't, and you think I can do it without practicing, without applying myself, you'll end up like this. Let's see this guy. Wow. What happened? He didn't apply himself. Praise God. So... For the breakthrough, we have four steps for you. Are you ready for this? Let's look at these four steps. You have to be in the presence of God for your life. You have to look at your past, present, and future actions. And you have to be persistent in prayer. And you have to, have, you have to maintain a posture and a position in believing. We're going to go through each and every one of these. And hopefully, if you take these uh, principles at home, in fact, this is going to be on a website in case you don't... Uh, take your, all your notes, you can apply, you can listen to it and apply it in your life. So the first thing is we have to be in the presence of God. And how can you be in the presence of God if he's not near with you in the same room? Isn't that true? The Bible says that uh, he inhabits, let me look at that scripture, he, let's say it together. God inhabits the praises of his people. When you praise God, when you lift your hands up, when you give your heart to him, he comes in and inhabits, hangs around, says, I want to be with you. When you start glorifying God, God says, you know, that's just like heaven. I'm going to come down because I feel familiar there. I feel comfortable there. Don't you feel comfortable going to somebody's house where they make a big deal over you? Oh, Pastor Chuck, good to have you in the house. You want something to drink? Want something to eat? We're so glad you're here. You're such a wonderful pastor. We love you so much. Yeah, I'll be back tomorrow, too. Yeah. God says, you know, you want to praise me and talk to me? I'll hang around with you. He inhabits the praises of his people. Now, this is amazing because we have an audience with the God of all creation. He says, I want to come and dwell with you. I want to be a part of you. He says, don't call me all creator. Call me father. I, you're adopted into the family. The Bible says you can come before, before him uh, with boldness. But my problem, maybe your problem too, is it's hard to be alone with God. Why is that? Because he's invisible. You don't see him right there. 
and you get tired of positioning yourself or giving your heart to him, and you get distracted and you start walking around and, and forgetting you're in the presence of the Lord. Now, I, I have this problem with my wife. Uh, bless, her, bless her heart. But anyway, <laughs> I, I like to do, I mean, I'm always moving, doing stuff, you know, cleaning something, moving something, watering something, uh, busy, you know. And she may want to get my attention, and she has to follow me throughout the house. Excuse me, could you, could you just stay still for a minute? Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. All right. Hurry up. <laughs> I can only stay still for so long, okay? But I carry that over to God. I get in His presence. I enjoy His presence. It's wonderful. And it's like, uh, I wonder how the stock market's doing right now. I, I wonder, you know, I, I need to see, you know, did the Dodgers win? And I get distracted. And God says, I want to permeate you. I want to spend some time. I want to unravel some things with you. And so that's what we have to do when we get into the presence of God. And what is the presence of God? It's him showing up for a particular reason, particular purpose, showing himself for a particular need that you have. Whether it's you need love, comfort, assurance, strength, healing, wisdom. He says, I'll come and I'll show myself to you. But he doesn't just like show himself to you. He wants you to spend time with him. He wants you to, 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 to let your hair down, and he wants to explain some things to you. And so when he does that, you can enjoy him, and he will show you great truths that you know not of. Come in, can I get an amen? amen? He wants to create an atmosphere, an environment. The Bible says he watches over his word to perform it in your life. You may say, well, I haven't really experienced that presence, Pastor Chuck. Well, you know, I asked that of my son one time when he was a young boy, about eight or nine years old, and I said, son, do you know the Lord? And he said, well, dad, you know, uh, I hear you talk about him all the time. Uh, I, I hear the pastor talk about him all the time, but I've never really met him. <laughs> Sounds like a very, you know, intelligent person. And so I said, okay, mom, let's pray that the Lord will introduce himself to uh, my son. So Less than a month later, we we're in the front row at a church, and the Holy Spirit just came and enveloped him, and he's, his eyes, he, just, he could tell he was in the presence of the Lord, and I knew he was because he was, he was repenting for everything. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mom. I, I, don't, I don't know why I did these things. I'm so sorry. I, I just love you, Mom. I love you, Dad. And I said, ooh, the Lord has touched him. Amen. Amen. Don't you want that to happen to your youth? Yeah, go into his bedroom and just roll around on his sheets and say, oh, Lord, talk to my youth, amen. Touch him, turn him, show him, amen, praise God. Because some things only prayer works with. You can talk to your blue in the face. That's what my mom used to say. I had it up to here with you. <laughs> I said, Mom, if I, how, can you, how can I be up to here? What, about, what, comes out of the, what comes out of the mouth? She said, it's like I'm talking to a brick wall. Anybody, anybody have those? Either it's been said to you or you say it to somebody. You know, you have relatives, you have people that you're trying to convince about the Lord. And only what? Only prayer will do it. So the Bible says that we're supposed to go into a secret place, right? Now, what is a secret place? It's, it's something in your heart. It's an altar or it's a devotion that you have to the Lord that you want to be separated and single-minded with Him. Praise the Lord. 
And when you do that, God comes and he ministers to you. The Bible says praise is beautiful to the upright. Let's look at a picture of this. Now, isn't that beautiful? If you were God looking at that, wouldn't you want to come in and just comfort that, that young man and hold him and encourage him? That can be you. And, you know, there's no prerequisites. You don't have to be so smart. You don't have to be so spiritual. Anyone can go into the presence of the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? We have an open invitation. We have an audience with the king. He's waiting for us, and he says, come, come, come. Praise the Lord. He wants to dwell with us. Now, um, I want to give you another little illustration. How many of you <laughs> remember grade school romance? Can you go back that far, Leonard? We were so cool, weren't we? You know, nowadays, how do you do grade school romance? I mean, how do you do romance now? It's sophisticated. You take a survey. You, you fill out a, a, a questionnaire. You find out what your likes and your dislikes, what your, your tendencies are, what you like to do, and they give you the perfect match. Hallelujah. But in our day, in grade school, when I was in Catholic school, we had 60 people in the class, 30 girls. So if you wanted to see a girl or talk to a girl, all you had to do is look up. Hmm. Let's see here. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> so in our suave way, we kind of make eyes and we smile and we, you know, do things. I don't even remember, but, you know, somehow we get their attention. And then you go and you get an ally. You, you, you get a, a messenger for you to go over and hand this girl a note. You remember? Now, this note is not that, it's not got a lot of research into it. It's only one question. And you know what the one question is? Do you like this person? Do you like Chucky? And you call your buddy over. It's, it, well, there's, there's three, three answers to it. There's a yes there's a no, and what's the last one? Maybe. Maybe. Now, if the, so you, you get your friend, and you tell him, you said, listen, I want you to take this note over to Michelle. Who? Michelle. Michelle? Shh, quiet, quiet, quiet. <laughs> this is supposed to be quiet. You know, just nonchalantly go over and give her this note. And so he goes over and gives her the note. Now, you have to pretend like you have nothing to do with this, like you're just minding your own business in class, but out of the corner of your eye, you're watching to see how she responds to this. Now, if she puts it in her books and doesn't even answer it, what, well, you're in trouble. You may as well forget it. But if she answers, and I had a pretty good record because I didn't take any chances, you know. I didn't go for the prettiest girl. I didn't go for the most popular girl. I just went for the girl that I thought liked me. So I usually got a yes. But I didn't know what to do after I got a yes. I'm in grade school. I don't, what do I do? I don't have a car. I don't have any money. I don't, you know, just come to my baseball game. That's all I could say. And so the guy comes back. He gets the card, and he gives it to you, and you ask him, did, uh, did she say anything? No, I just picked up the card. Did she smile? No, I just picked up the card. You didn't do it right. I, I want to know, know exactly what she said. Amen? And so, but 
I want to, uh, I might have to skip here a minute because that's what God does with us. Let's see if I can find this uh, slide which shows about, oh, in Hebrews, Hebrews, there it is. God did that with us. Did you know that? After Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden, that was not good. You ever get kicked out of something? Yeah. You ever get kicked out of your house? I, I, hear, I see some nods. My, my, my mother, she disowned me three times for just having fun. I don't know what, why. But anyway, it says, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. He was sending notes to us. I love you with an everlasting love. Uh, I'll never leave you or forsake you. The plans that I have for you are for good and not for evil. Do you love me? Do you like me? He wanted to know, what's the response? And after he got what he thought was a favorable response, he says, I'm going down there in my son and go talk to them because I love them. Amen. The Bible says, he first loved us. So after we got the note from the girl saying she liked us, then we were able to approach. God says, you know what? I love you. Come. I can approach you now. Isn't that good news? So the second thing, does that encourage you to kind of want to spend some time with him? Yeah. He, 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 he likes you the way you are. Isn't that, isn't, now, he doesn't like you uh, because of who you are. He, he likes you because of who you can become. Isn't that nice? He, he doesn't look at you and say, well, this is a pretty good candidate right here. No, he says, I, I, I see his heart towards me, and I love him, and I know he'll change for me. It's like we had a, um, we had, we had a, some, some dealings with this lady that was helping us with our foreign exchange students, and she just always looked so perfect. Her hair was done up nice. She had a great outfit. Her makeup was always to the T. And for seven years, I never saw her unkept or undone. Isn't that nice? But this week, <laughs> I went to the bank, and I don't know what happened to her. <laughs> she must have just woke up. Her hair was to the side, you know, all matty and everything, and no makeup, white as a ghost, and her clothes looked like she put her teenage daughter's clothes on, you know, <laughs> sweatpants and a shirt that didn't fit. And so I saw her at the bank, and I was going to go, hey, hi. Oh. I knew. I've been lectured by my wife. Do not get in someone's grill that is not prepared. So I held my peace. I said, I am not going to embarrass her by seeing her unkept and undone. But I wanted to see her. I, I wanted to reach out to her. I didn't care what she looked like. And God's the same way. He wants to reach out to you. You may, not, you may be unkept or undone and thinking that God doesn't want to spend time with you. He does in whatever state you're in. Praise the Lord. So the, the next uh, slide talks about we have to look at our past, our present, and our future actions. When you're believing God for something, you've got to clean up your act. I'm sorry. You can't just go on. You know, if you're a parent and your kids want something, you can't just, they just can't just carry on and not obey you. You have to, you know, change your ways. 
It says in Psalms 24, verse 3 and 4, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. We have to clean up our act and say, Okay, Lord, I'm going to not do this. I'm not going to do that. I promise, help me. Change me. Make me be the way I'm supposed to be. And a lot of us people say, Well, you know, I'm not perfect. <laughs> yeah, newsflash. <laughs> I'm not perfect. You ever hear, you know, your boss say that? I have an open door and, you know, I'm trying to reach out to everyone, but I'm not perfect. Yeah, we know that. (laughs) We know that you're not. It's like, oh, I do everything right except for one little thing that hardly anybody can notice. But God notices everything that we go through. Did you know that? He notices uh, every unpure thought, every unkind word, every selfish action, every unholy way, every mean and petty and harsh words that you say, he knows that. And he wants us to clean it up. The Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Have you ever said something to somebody and you're in the Spirit and and it grieves even you? You say, why did I say that? It just changed the whole atmosphere. feels like I, I, I said something that offended them and the Spirit, and there was a breach in the Spirit. We have to stay in the Spirit, so we have to change our ways and kind of flow with the Lord. And when you can flow with the Lord, you can have a 24-7, you know, uh, presence with Him, and He'll do great and mighty uh, things in your behalf. In your testimony, you didn't ask for 40 routes, but the Lord saw your ways, saw the way that you were, and said, I want to grant that to you. Praise the Lord. Amen. So uh, you may feel like you're unfit, you're undone, but God says, I want to use you and change you and and bring you to a place where you can be in my presence and be close to me. So we got two. What do we got so far? You got to enter into the presence of the Lord. You know, when you're in the presence of the Lord, he changes you. You you, you don't have to change yourself. I was talking to one lady today, uh, this week, And she said, it's so hard sometimes to change, isn't it? And I said, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like a rocket ship. You ever go see Cape Canaveral when they they shoot this rocket up and it's all this thrust and all this smoke and all this power to get off the ground and to get off of gravity? A lot of force, a lot of pressure. And God's saying, uh, so then what happens is, finally you get off, you get lift off, and you get to a little bit of an ease, and you're kind of flying like an airplane. And, and you, you, you see it in the sky, and it's so beautiful. And you're like, wow, in the sky, how nice. And then when you get to the, the stratosphere, it's no gravity, and you're just kind of floating around, amen? Same thing with the things of God. When I first got saved, man, I had some things I had to overcome. I had to change my attitude, my way of thinking, my way of doing things. And it was hard. I had preconceived notions about things, you know, about ladies. I, I, I didn't see them as ladies. I saw them as things that you, you know, conquer, <laughs> things that you, you know, try to, you know, put a notch in your belt. And I said, man, that's not the right way. And so I got saved. And so those thoughts still came into my mind. So I went to the pastor. I go, am I possessed or what? He said, no, what you got to do is you have to take that, this is how long ago, take that VCR out, erase it, and put a new VCR in there, 
of new thoughts and new ways. And so what I did is I said, okay, I'm going to look at ladies as the inner person. I'm going to look at the inside of them. See the beauty that's on the end, not the outside. Forget the outside. I'm looking at the inside. And so there was a lot of ladies that were there at the church, and I looked at their inside. And, and funny enough, they all started liking me. I said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, set apart and different. And so once you get to the point where all of a sudden those things don't bother you anymore, you can just float in gravity. So God wants to change you from the inside out. Okay, then the, the third thing is be persistent. Well, let's show that, 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 that picture, Charles, of uh, the guy. Does, does, is this a guy repenting? Is this a guy wanting to change his life? Seriously want to change your life. You get sick and tired being sick and tired. You get sick and tired of having the same old thoughts, same bad results. Say, I need a what? Breakthrough. So let's look at the third thing is persistent. This is amazing. You have to be persistent. Jesus told a parable in Luke 18.1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray, not lose heart, and give up. We talked about this a little bit. But it, it's, it's, it's embarrassing or it's frustrating to believe for something and it not come to pass. You have to keep on believing and the Bible talks about the unjust judge where this woman came to the judge and said, vindicate me, avenge me. And he said he did, not because of, of him wanting to, but because she, she kept pursuing me. And a lot of times we have to pursue God, keep pursuing, knowing that he hears us, that he's watching over us, and that he's going to do the things that he's called us to do. Amen? Can I get an amen? amen. This is where a lot of people fail. This is where a lot of people fall. Now, I want to show you something. This is a little deeper for those that have been here a while. Let's look at Psalms 141.2. The Bible says that no prayer goes unheard, and it is collected in heaven as incense. Isn't that interesting? And, and on, the, on the flip side, every other word that we say is also being recorded in heaven, all the bad words that we say. You've got to get an eraser for that. But look in Psalms 141, verse 2. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Okay, so our prayers are like incense. Next scripture is in Revelation 5, 8. It says, and when he, this is in heaven, when he, Jesus, had taken the scroll, four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Your prayers are in heaven as incense in bowls, collecting, building up to a point where they're ready to be answered. They have to, they have to wait till they be filled. It's called an accumulation prayer. In other words, you pray, you pray, you pray, you build your faith, your faith up to finally God says, now's the time. That's now's the time for breakthrough. We can't give up. We have to be persistent because look at look in Revelation 8, 3. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. Last scripture on this one. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from, angels, from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and what? Threw it to the earth. There's your answer. There's your breakthrough. 
Do you have prayers in the censers of the Lord in the bowls? He said if you build them up to the point where they're ready to overflow, then they take it to the Lord. He puts fire on it, and he throws it down into to the earth, and wham, all of a sudden, we've got 40, uh, what do they call it, routes? All, all of a sudden, we got healing in our body. All of a sudden, we got uh, changes in our finances. All of a sudden, we got changes in our, our relationships. What happened? We broke through. Amen. We, we broke through. The God of all breakthroughs said, I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting. Be persistent. Do what you're called to do and watch God work. Amen? Don't quit. And the last part of this is in... Do we have a picture for that? I don't know if I have a picture for that one. Oh. Do we have a, do we have a picture for pers- persistence? No, no picture for persistence. You just That's you, okay? Just go in the mirror and look at yourself. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I heard this one pastor, he said, he had... He had uh, marks and burns on his face from a fire, and he went and he prayed. He put his hands on his face and said, Lord, I just thank you that you heal me of all my marks and all my scars, and he looked in the mirror, and guess what? Nothing happened. You ever been there? So he said, you know what? I'm not going to give up. Every morning, he had a routine. Washed his face, he shaved, and he looked in the mirror, and he said, I thank you, Lord, that I'm healed, and all my marks and all my scars are gone. He said, I don't know when it happened. It seemed like it was about a month. Then all of a sudden, he looked in the mirror, and they were gone. Why? He was persistent. I know uh, another minister, he had the same problem. He couldn't, he couldn't talk. He couldn't minister. He couldn't eat. And so every morning in the morning when he washed his face, he said, I know I can speak. I can proclaim the word of God. And it took him a, a couple you know, months, but all of a sudden, he was able to speak again. Why? We have to fill our bowls of incense, of prayers to the Lord. And then when it spills over, the angels bring it down to earth. And we have the answers. We have the breakthroughs that we need in our life. And so what do we do in the meantime? Mope around. I don't know. God's not hearing me. I tried. I prayed. Nothing's happening. I quit. (laughs) Right? That's the big tendency that we have. We have to fight through that and do what? Jump for joy, because the Bible says, the Scripture says in Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Amen. When do you get them? When you believe that you receive them. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. Not going to happen. I'm just waiting on God. And you're going to be waiting a long time because God says, I want, you, I want to see some faith. I want to see you believing what I said is true. And I'm in this state right now. I'm in accumulating my prayers. I pray every, every day I feel like I'm healed. Every day I feel like I'm healed of the things that I need uh, to be delivered from. Every day. And, every, and then I go and I take my test. And I go, oh, no, you're only 50% cured. 50%? What are you talking about? I, I got an assurance from the Lord in my spirit. I, then I have to go back to the Lord every day. So what are the four? Let, let's look at these four um, principles again. Uh, enjoy the presence of God in your life. Access it. Look at your past, present, and future actions. You have to, you have to get right, church, and see where you're at. 
Amen? Be honest with yourself. God knows everything that you're doing, everything that you're thinking, everything that you, uh, come, comes into your mind, and he wants to change you. Be persistent in prayer, then have a, maintain a posture or a position of believing. That's one day. What happens the next day when you don't get it? Back up to the top. Okay, Lord, here I am again. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord. I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that, Lord, I, maybe I didn't do so good yesterday, but I'm going to do better today. Hallelujah. Can you help me? Amen. You're perfecting me. You're conforming me into your image. And then you be persistent. Lord, I prayed yesterday. I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue to come before your face because I know your word is true. You watch over your word to perform it. You exalt your word above your name. Amen. If he said it, I mean, how many times, when you, you got to be honest with the Lord. Say, Lord, you said that. You, you said I'm healed. I, you're not going to go back on your word. I believe you, Father. Persistent in prayer. Maintain a posture. I don't care what it looks like. I'm not looking at the situations. I'm looking at my God. I'm looking at my promise. Amen? And so that's what we have to do. Steps for breakthrough prayer. How many of you are ready to break through? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. You can break through every day. Every day have a Holy Ghost time in the Lord. Amen? Because he wants us to be that way. And then all of a sudden, you know, you see on TV these people get healed and delivered, and they've been believing for a long time. You know, they, they, they just didn't just stumble onto it. They kept believing, kept pursuing. There's things that I've pursued for months and, and years. Even being in this facility, it took us 12 years to get here. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> every day, every week, we're in a community center. Believe in God. Lord, I'm just doing what you told me to do. I believe that you're going to open up the door. Yes. Amen? I didn't get frustrated. I didn't get tired. I enjoyed being and doing what the Lord has told us to do. You cannot grow weary in well-doing. Believe and know that the, God, the Lord God is with you. So you may be here today and you say, you know what, Pastor, you're talking about the Lord. You're talking about his presence. It doesn't seem like I have his presence in my life. It, it seems like maybe I need to repent. Maybe I need to uh, look at my past actions, my present uh, situations, and my future actions. How can I better please the Lord? He said he loves me. He sent messengers. He sent prophets to me to tell me that I love you. Are you going to check off that box today and say, yes, I do love you, Lord. I do want to come into your fellowship. I want to be the bride of Christ. I want to be adopted into the family. You may say, I never confessed or believed that I could be part of God's family. You want to get adopted in. If that's you today, I want you just to raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you right where you are in your seat so that you can have a transformation, that you can be one with him. And some of us may say, you know, I love the Lord. The Lord knows he loves me. I see that hand. Thank you. I see these hands. But I, I liken it to a marriage. You know, if, when I married my beautiful wife, we went down the aisle, <laughs> and I stood there so proud. And the pastor said, you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife, to have and to hold in sickness and health until death do you part. And what did I have to do? 
I had to say, I do. If I didn't say I do, what would happen? Nothing. Everyone would go home and the pastor would say, why didn't you say I do? Well, everybody knows I love her. We took this time. We, we, we got the, 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 the dress. We got all the, you know, the, the, the food. But there has to be an I do. And when you have an I do, the Lord comes and makes his presence known unto you. So once again, if you're in that situation and you want to check, yes, I do love you. I just want you to raise your hand one more time, and I'm going to pray with you where you're at. I see those hands. Praise God. Amen. Let's all repeat it together. Say, Father God, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me when I was unkept. I thank you that you don't see me the way I am, but you see the way I can become. So I give my heart to you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Come and live and dwell with me. Be my God, and I'll be your people. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.